Welcome to Pause and Press Play, where you get to pause your life and press play on all of your thoughts, emotions, ideas, and concepts. Thank you for joining this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Kyla Nicole. Hey, hey, hey. So, welcome back to our edition of uh, Pause and Press Play. Um, again, for those of you that are continuing, thank you so much. And those that are new, hey, how you doing? Hope you have caught up. So this podcast will be a little different. Um, it's something that I definitely felt like I needed to do for some time. I just was never sure how to do it. But here recently, um, with the chain of events and some people I know going through some things, I decided to take a moment and share my take on um, this relationship edition, pause and press play, and talk about divorce, you know, break up to make up, and all that good stuff. So uh, I don't know how long we're going to be, but enjoy the ride. And even if you haven't been divorced, I know that you've gone through a breakup in past, um, currently gone through one or you are thinking about one, um, and if you are happily married or happily in a relationship, then hopefully you won't run into some of the things that I'm talking about um, so that you can stay that way. So many of you may or may not know, I'm not sure, but this is my second marriage, um, and I have a wonderful husband. Um, Funny thing about it, he was my high school sweetheart. We met when I was 15, And he's a little older. I won't say his age, so he doesn't feel weird. (laughs) But he's a little older. um, And he was my everything, you know, my first everything. And um, he taught me so, so much. But we were, we wanted different things in life at that time. And, um, you know, I was the book smart girl. He was a street guy. And um, I'm grateful because although... (laughs) I kind of wish I hadn't have done some things. Um, I learned so much from him and I learned about myself. So, um, you know, we were together through high school and then, you know, my family may not have been so fond of that because of our age difference. And I moved away, had baby and got married. And um, we didn't talk, of course, throughout my first marriage. Um, He actually had contacted me right before I got married and I saw him long story short uh, he didn't want to do long distance and he didn't want me to come back for grad school and I didn't see how that could work and so I went off and (laughs) did something crazy I met a guy didn't really know him got married after six months and Um, I think I'm still paying for that to this day. Um, he's the gift that keeps on giving. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, you know, I'm sure he, maybe he have a different perspective. Um, but all I know is I can account for what I did and what I didn't do. Um, and I can feel confident at, you know, 30 years old that uh, I can be really transparent about it now. I'm definitely healed from it. Uh, but he took me through a lot. I met him um, in June, uh, and six months later, we were married. We didn't live together. I didn't know him from a can of paint. I thought I knew him. I thought we had long conversations. But when you're 18, you don't really know what to ask. You don't really know what signs to look out for. Um, You miss so much. And then, 
You know, you're in this phase where people tell you you can't do something that you think you can and you are going to do it anyway. And that is exactly what I did. And um, our first year was horrible. Um, you know, we started having problems maybe 90 days in and um, up until maybe the 10th or 11th month. Uh, it was crazy. I was a big drinker back then, um, a partier. And so I drank and I um, was aggressive and, you know, I was all on my independent streak and I was doing my thing. You know, I was in school full time working multiple jobs. You know, I was making my own money, doing my own thing. And um, I think that maybe he had a sense of intimidation and I probably didn't help that by constantly saying that I don't need you. Um, I want you. Um, and although I still very much so feel that I don't need a man, I understand that how God made me. So I want a man and I'm so grateful for my husband now, but back then it was a different ball game. You know, I didn't pay attention to the signs. I didn't pay attention that he didn't really have a great relationship with his mom from what he told me. I didn't pay attention that he had this ex that had hurt him and cheated on him. And, um, you know, that he was probably trying to just get back at her, whom he ended up cheating with anyway and marrying, which is really weird. Um, but that's the story he tells me. You never know what's between a man and a woman. You never know what's true and what's not true. Um, and so anyhow, you know, we had a group of friends. My best friend married his best friend, and I just thought life was great. Um, and, um, of course, that was all after, you know, he told me that he cheated and He'd um, brought home a venereal disease, and um, it was really hell, and I stuck it out. We went to counseling. Counselors asked him and I if we wanted to do this thing, and we both said, yeah, we were young. You know, he was two years older than me, and I just thought it was going to work. You know, we were into church and Jesus and ministry school, and um, life seemed really good for five years. Little did I know he was living this entire different life. Um, you know, he got ready to deploy. He was military. And when he did, he ripped me a new one. Literally took everything from me. Drained bank accounts. Canceled funds. He um, he did a lot of things. He took me through hell. He stopped parenting our kids, which he still does not have a relationship with. And I think out of her life, he may have only talked to her three times. He's only seen her two, three times. Um, he painted this horrible picture of me. And um, some people believed it, I'm sure. And some people didn't. Um, there were so many rumors around about me. And I'm convinced to this day that I lost a lot of relationships um, because of it. But I'm also convinced that those people must not have really known me must not have really loved me, must not have really um, had any loyalty to me, and that's okay. I don't hold it against them. I'm not angry with them anymore um, because I realize that people are people, and they connect with who they connect with, and some moments, memories, and experiences are greater than others, and it just changes people. And so we ended up going through a divorce, and that divorce was and still is nasty, Um before I divorced him, I asked him if he was sure. And he said he definitely was sure. You know, he didn't want to parent. He didn't want to be a Christian. He didn't want to be married. And I said, fine. You know, we have a mutual interest and that's what it is. And um, I think since that day, he's made my life a living hell, honestly. You know, lack of communication with the child, which definitely bothers me because I have to look at her. I have to see her. 
I have to watch her have questions that I really can't answer. I've never bashed him to her and I have um, not bashed him to anybody not in my inner circle. Now, I will say that I have had my share and I've said my piece and um, I try my best not to give him um, what he gives me. You know, he's dragged me to court several times. He's lied each time. Um, right now, I think we're in court because he said I kept a child from him or something. I don't know. Um, but it's not true. And I can address those allegations. And I think I'm okay legally because they're allegations. Um, but I say all this to say and to use this as an opportunity to share my transparency and to teach. Um, divorce is something that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy, in all honesty. I would not like anybody to go through what I've gone through or what I'm going through. Um, and if it can be avoided, I think it should. But then there are times when you have a person that seems to be one way and then they turn into something totally different. And that is what sparks this podcast. Because what do you do when, you know, you don't have justifications or grounds, maybe your parents or your religion or whatever keeps you in the situation, but you're miserable and you're unhappy? Or what happens when you just can't take it anymore and that's the only option? What happens when um, you there's emotional abuse or mental abuse that's not physical? You know, what what do you do? How do you deal with it? Um, I wrote an ebook about this, uh, 10 things, you know, that I wish I knew while divorcing. And one of those things is just that it's okay. That the very first thing that no one tells you (laughs) is that it's okay. Um, it's okay to feel how you feel and to have everything, um, snatched away from you and to know that there's life after divorce and that it's going to be okay. Um, that's step one. But what do you do? I always err on the side of caution and say that you have to do what's best for you and you have to do what you think is going to be okay. You have to do what you're going to be able to live with. But do it the best way that you can. Don't bash him or her. Don't, you know, take it out on your kids. Don't take it out on your friends. Um, you know, really try your best to um, resolve the situation as much as you can. And and it gets sticky and it gets tough. So then what? And in those moments, you have to keep the faith. As I encourage you, I encourage myself because I hope to think that I won't be dealing with what I'm dealing with for the next maybe 12 or 13 years, but I don't know. The beautiful thing about this is the relationships that I lost, I lost, and they are meaningless now, but they have to deal with that. And, um, Life has a funny way of teaching us to give grace and to have different perspectives. And um, life has a funny way of teaching us, just teaching us. (laughs) And I'll say this, that in all honesty, looking back at the situation, there were a lot of things that I think I could have done differently. I think I could have valued this person more. I think that I could have communicated better with this person. I think that I could have been more... um, nurturing to this person instead of being, excuse my words, a bitch in certain instances, um, instead of being no nonsense, instead of um, not being compassionate, because there were things that I think I probably could have done better at. I think that um, 
I honestly think that we were not compatible to begin with. And so we probably, we definitely would not be together now that I'm older and I have wisdom, but, but, um, there were things that I think definitely, um, contributed on my end. And all I can do is focus, uh, on me and my end. You're right. You know, I wasn't dishonest. I didn't lie. I didn't cheat. I didn't steal. I, I didn't do those things. And although those things were done to me and I was very forgiving, um, apparently there were a lot of offenses that I particularly done to this person that I didn't know about um, that they didn't tell me. And so I would encourage you that if you're going through something, um, the very first thing that you have to do is be honest and be transparent about what you're dealing with. You have to give a person the opportunity to change the things that are wrong. Um, If you think the relationship is worth salvaging, um, because honestly, when you create a life with a person, you build a life and there's kids involved and property involved and all this stuff, it gets so nasty. Um, And not to say that it's not nasty when none of those things are involved because you're one. And when you break up, if you break up, if it's not going to work, it's going to take a toll on you emotionally, mentally, and maybe physically. And that's just the reality of it. Um, I will say that if you're going through something with someone and they are a horrible person, that I will tell you what I do all the time, and that's pray. I read so many scriptures to myself. I pray. Sometimes I still cry. Sometimes I still feel tortured and tormented. But I have to know and understand that eventually God settles up and whatever the courts can't do, God can. And I take comfort in that. I take comfort in knowing that the, that this person is being used by a force that they're either giving into or don't even know that they're being used to, to derail or to hurt or to harm or to keep um, away from. I understand that those forces at work will do anything and everything that they or it can to derail you from what you're supposed to do. And unfortunately, sometimes it happens with those that are closest to you. And that sucks. But knowing the plot helps, right? It helps to know that people are dumb and sometimes they do dumb things, but they all they won't always be dumb, right? Sometimes, eventually, hopefully, they get some sense at some point in their life. I mean, we're supposed to live like 80 to 100 years, right? (laughs) They got to get some sense at some point. That's what I like to believe. And that's what I tell myself all the time. But it's also taught me when to leave well enough alone and when to know what's good for me, what's not good for me, um, what's toxic, what's not toxic. It taught me how to heal. It taught me how to love Divorce taught me so much and you just have to keep pressing and pressing and pressing and it will be a continual pressing thing that you have to do all the time. You'll have to press when you look at your children. You'll have to press when you look at your bank account. You'll have to press when you look at your life, when you look at whatever it is, but whatever it is that you're pressing towards, you can't allow it to take your peace. In any relationship, in any marriage, in any divorce, in anything that you do, your peace is important because it's the one thing that can preserve you. If it costs you your peace, it costs you way too much. And you have to maintain that. You have to be able to release and let go of anything that's not in your immediate control. And divorce is one of those things that once a decision is made, you can't control it. So once you decide 
And once it happens, both parties have to be aware that that it may suck and it's going to hurt, but we can't control what's going to happen. So we need to be able to deal with it the best way that we can. And that's peaceful. And I'd like to think that people were able to do that as adults, but they can't because people want control and um, they want the one up and they want you to hurt the way that they hurt. And all you can do is continue to love, right? So loving yourself and loving that person through this particular situation is probably the best way to get through it. I can remember times where I would be on the phone talking to my ex and they would be talking crazy, like cursing and fussing and name calling. And the only thing that kept coming to my mind was, if you continue to be nasty to me, I'm going to be nice to you. The hardest thing I ever had to do, I remember times where I sat through church and I cried and I cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord, why? (laughs) Like, what did I do? How did I do this? Why is this happening? Um, And at the time, the Lord just kept telling me to apologize, to break up the fallow ground. I couldn't understand it. It didn't make sense to me. But what it did for me was it taught me that literally, like Michelle Obama says, when they go low, we go high. But even bigger than that, I remember when I first started this process and my pastor said to me, she said that no matter what, no matter what happens, you take the high road and you hold your head up high and you don't give him or anyone else any reason to say otherwise. That's a fact, which means people are going to talk. They're going to say what they say. But as long as you know in your heart that you are taking the high road, you are being honest, you are being truthful, you are doing everything that you can to be right, eventually life has a way of settling up. And even six years later, there are still things that I deal with, even though this person doesn't have communication with the little person, I still deal with the shenanigans, which is kind of weird, right? But um It's just to derail me. It's just to get me in a funk, to get me upset, to take my peace, to take my joy, to make me feel less than, to make me regret, to make me all these things that I know are not of God, essentially. All these things that I know could derail my purpose, my passion, my could get my my household in uproar. But I refuse to give it that much power. I refuse to dwell on this person. I refuse to continue on with them and the foolishness. I refuse to do it. And because of that, they keep coming. They keep going. But I keep giving the same result. And that probably drives them wild. But I just know that it's seed in the ground. I just know that in dealing with the big divorce. It is by far one of the most challenging things I think I've ever had to do, but it was one of the most rewarding things that I got out of it. I learned so much about Kyla. It birthed so much greatness. Um, I birthed books. I birthed websites. I birthed clients. I helped people transition in some of the darkest times of their lives. I um, was able to pursue, uh, you know, I finished my first year of law school. I started 
my PhD, my doctorate, finished up with those classes, made great grades. Um, I, I did so much. I tackled so much. I learned so much. Um, it made me aware of a lot of things that I may not have liked in the world. You know, I didn't like the loss of relationships. I hated the gossip. I hated the um, the stigma that comes with it. I hated um, feeling like I was less than at, at some point and feeling low and down. And um, I hated a lot of things. I To this day, I don't hate the person, but I hate their behavior. I hate their actions. Um, I hate what they do. But I just have to believe that eventually... It will even itself out and it will settle up. Eventually, it will all make sense. And I have concluded that even if they don't see it now or realize it now, um, that their harvest from what they've done will come. And I have to believe that that will be okay. Um, I have to believe that it will balance out. Because that's all I have, right? I tell myself often that, you know, when the harvest comes, I hope they remember why it's coming. Um, And that's not wishing bad on them. You know, that's scriptural. Anything that's standing up against me shall fall. That's believing that, um, you know, I'm sticking true to what I know to do. And believing and trusting that God will do the rest. And of course, that is always easier said than done. Um, But it's kept me. It's kept my peace. Um, There is no easy way to deal with divorce. There is no amicable way to resolve all of the things inside of divorce. And I would, like I said, tell people that if you don't have to do it, don't do it. But I also understand that it does. But it leaves a hold on your soul. It leaves damage that you will have to work through, that you will have to, um, at some point come to terms with. Um, and it's in your best benefit to heal from it so that you can go on to having a successful life and a successful relationship. You know, now I in a position where, you know, I make less than I made when I was in that marriage and, um, I've accomplished much more than, I ever imagined, you know, I purchased a home. I got my credit back together. I was able to build back my savings. My kids are whole and happy and my life is good. And um, I can't say the same for those other people because I am a firm believer that if people are happy with themselves and in their situations, that they will not be a nuisance to you. Um, Hurt people hurt people. And that's something that I will always... um, No, it's true because I remember being that person, you know, I remember that. I remember, um, feeling like, like I had to pay back or like I had to, um, you know, be a nuisance to other people or cause havoc or chaos just because I was so hurt and so miserable, um, in life. And I vowed to not be that person ever again. So, um, it is true that it it it'll take a toll on your life, but there's so much life to be had afterwards. Um, when I finally got divorced and out of it, and although I still deal with the remnants, I like to think of it as you know an annoying gnat or white noise. It's always going to be there. It's never going to go away um, until that child gets of age. Um, and if you don't have children, it'll go away a lot faster. But um, 
Honestly, I went on so many journeys of self-discovery. I um, was forced to deal with things that I may not have wanted to deal with when I had to deal with them. And um, I learned how to fall in love with myself. I took time to be by myself, you know, for the first year and some change. I just was to me because I couldn't do anything else, to be honest with you. I couldn't even think. I couldn't even, I didn't even want to be um, in anything else. And um, I fell in love with who Kyla was and it was fantastic. And so I simply want to share that you're not the only person out here dealing with this that it will be okay and it will get better. Cry it out, write it out, talk it out, do whatever it is that you need to do to get you from day to day. Um, But here's the don'ts, you know, don't bash them. Um, Don't communicate with a bunch of people about your business and about what's going on because it just makes it complex. It makes people feel like they have to pick sides and sometimes they may not pick yours and that may only hurt you more. So keep it in the confines of, of, your really, really close inner circle and know that everybody's changing and everybody's torn and everybody's upset. Um, you know, learn mechanisms to fall in love with you and to help you grow through this situation. Um, find ways to, um, encourage yourself. And for me, I threw myself into serving and, and working and being a blessing to other people as much as I could, you know, I was able to motivate myself in ways that I didn't think, you know, um, it's like I said, it's how Kyla Nicole became. It's, it's how I birth all of these different projects and things that, um, I'm very, very passionate about today. Um, you know, lean on those that love you, find your support system and stick with them because God has orchestrated a set of people in your life to help you move through the time um, and, and move through some of these issues. So lean on them and, um, have an outlet, a healthy one, you know, don't go turn it up, drinking, partying and sexing and all of that, because you're only going to create bigger gaps and bigger holes in your soul. And you don't want that. Um, and, uh, most of all, as I talked about earlier, you know, forgive, um, constantly forgive every offense you'll have to forgive and even yourself you'll have to forgive. Um, but holding on to it is only going to make it worse. And, um, you know, lastly, lastly, I guess for the moment, because there's so much more to be learned when you're talking about dealing with some type of divorce or breakup. Um, but don't harp on it, move on, um, move on mentally, move on emotionally, um, find your outlets, pray, eat, <laughs> don't emotional eat because you'll gain weight. Um, but know that it is a loss and there is grief and it will suck. Um, admit those things, but then realize that it's going to be okay. That life is going to go on that five years from now, 10 years from now, it'll be a moment of the past. Um, take the high road because when God settles up and he blesses you, he blesses you. And I am a true testament to that. God blessed me with everything that I could imagine and some with a spouse. Um, and he is everything that I wanted and some and things that I didn't even think that I wanted. He is. So trust me that God can and he will do that for you. He will deliver for you if you go his way. 
So until next time, pause and press play. Thank you.